Thanks for tuning in to the Renew Life Church Lubbock podcast today. We hope this message encourages you as you allow God's word and his presence to change your life. Well, welcome to church. My name's Keith. I'm the campus pastor here. Welcome to Renew Life. If, uh, if it is your first time, we're so glad that you're here with us today. Come on, church. Don't give them a golf clap. Let's welcome them here to church. Thanks for being here. <clears throat> I... Uh, uh, really, really excited just to, as usual on every Sunday, I probably say this, but I'm excited to get to share share uh, this message with you. I believe it's really going to change your life. But I, um, before before I get to the message, it was funny as I was, the Lord reminded me of this a, a second time. As I was walking in this morning, I saw some geese flying over the, the, the top of the Y and just flew right over me as as I was walking in. And uh, the Lord just has begun to to speak to me about um, and kind of use use that uh, that moment, just kind of share with me what some people might be going through that are in in the building today. And and uh, you know, geese they they fly south for the winter because they want to go find the good the the better the better climate. You know that, right? They're trying to get to the warmer weather. That's where the food is. That's where the water is. And so they're they're leaving they're leaving a place that's not providing for them to go to a place that will provide. And, um, and I believe there's, there's some of you that are here today and um, you're, actually, you're actually looking for something better. You're actually looking to get out of the thing um, that you're in right now and, you're, and you're, you're, looking for, you're looking to fly south for the winter is what I'm saying. You're looking to kind of find that better climate, that better place, that better, that better thing. Maybe it's out of an old way of doing marriage and into a better way of doing it. Whatever that thing is, if I'm just speaking today, would you just kind of just do this? Say, yeah, that's, that's me. Okay, a lot of, lot of hands. Okay, um, I, believe, I believe what I'm gonna talk to you about today is tied to that in some ways, uh, but also... Uh, I just believe that the Lord wanted to bring that up because he didn't want to dangle a carrot in front of you, but because he actually wants to be good, uh, make good on his promise. So can I just prophesy over you for just a second? You're going, you're going towards better. You're going to get to better. You are going to get out of the thing that you are in right now, and you are going to get into the place where God is calling you to get to. He has prepared a better place for you. Just like he, and hear me today, just like he opened up the Red Sea. Can we just think about that for a moment? That, uh, anybody else, anybody believe that actually happened? Y'all are looking at me like, the Red Sea, where's that, what's that about? Yeah, y'all, y'all have heard that story, right? Just like he split the Red Sea. That was an amazing thing. He can open up any passage to a new destination that you need. His, his, Jesus, God is in the business of taking you out of slavery into the promised land. Scripture says this, he takes us from glory to glory. It says that the path of the righteous grows. Thank you for someone knowing your Bible back there. Okay, the path of the righteous, it grows brighter and brighter. I'm gonna gonna try it over here. The path of the righteous grows, it says it grows brighter and brighter. How many know you're righteous? You're called by God, and he says your path grows brighter and brighter. So I'm believing that if you're here today and you're looking for that, um, that word is for you. If you receive it, say amen. 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 Um, today is kind of going to be a, it's, it's going to be a, like a mix between a teaching and a family talk. <clears throat> and and, and what, I, what I mean by that is I'm, I'm definitely going to be teaching a principle in the word of God that is, that is going to be something that, that you can take and, and use forever. 
and, um, and it's actually going to be life-changing. But, but I also uh, want to kind of share with you at the end of this message where um, we are headed when it comes to Renew Life Church Lubbock, some things that we have in our future, some things that I feel like we're supposed to go after and, um, and create here in our local body. And uh, so I'm going get, to get to that at the end of the message so that you'll stay. Um, but I'm going to get to that at the end of the message. But first, I, I want to just kind of preach this this principle that we find in the Word. And, and I want to make a big promise to you this morning before I ever start. And the reason I want to make this promise to you is because I actually believe it's a promise that God has made to you. My promises are no good. His promises are yes and amen. Uh, so, uh, and, and here's the promise. If you will apply what you hear today, if you'll actually do what I, what I preach to you about today, you actually apply it to your life, I promise you, it will change your life. And not just in a spiritual, non-tangible kind of way. I'm talking about what we're going to talk about today. It will change your life and you will see it. You'll be able to hold it in your hand. You'll be able to look in your bank account and you'll be able to say, God did that. Because today what I want to talk to you about is the principle of first fruits. The principle of first fruits. This is something that we find in Scripture that, um, that God kind of, if I could say it this way, he set in place kind of at the beginning of time. He set a principle in place, just like the principle of seed time and harvest, right? When you, when you sow a seed, it's going to sit in the ground for some time, and there will be a harvest. Even if you grow cotton in West Texas, I promise you, most years there will be no cotton farmers in here. That's my father-in-law. Some, sometimes there's just not one, but most of the time there will be a harvest. Seed, time, and harvest, it's just something that God put in place, and it will always be that way. So is the principle of first fruits. If you have your Bible, open up to Proverbs chapter 3, and uh, we're going to read in, in a couple portions of Scripture today. I, uh, as, as, we, as we turn to, the, to turn to the Scriptures or you look up at the screen, I, wanted, I do want to encourage you to do something today. I've not, actually never asked you to do this before. Um, I want to ask you to, to take notes today. And I really want to encourage you to take notes. Write down these, these Scriptures. Pull out your notes on your phone. Um, you're going to want to uh, probably go back to some of the Scripture references because I'm not going to read through everything um, but, uh, but, but there's a special place in heaven for people who take notes. So um, I'm just, just, just saying, um, it, it'd be good for you uh, to do that today. All right, Proverbs chapter 3, verses 9 through 10 says this. <clears throat> Honor the Lord with your wealth. Some of you are like, ooh, I know where he's going now. He's going to talk about my money. <laughs> Honor the Lord with your wealth and with the first fruits. Come on, everyone say first fruits. Honor the Lord with your wealth and with the first fruits of all your produce. Then your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will be bursting with wine. Exodus chapter 13, <clears throat> verses 1 through 2. This is the Lord. He's talking to Moses and he's, um, and he's talking to Moses about 
how to live as, as believers in God, how to live as Christians. Um, they, you know, we, we kind of mentioned this already. God had just brought the Israelites out of 400 years of slavery. They had been in slavery under the Egyptians. They're, they're moving into the promised land. And God is coming to Moses and he's saying, hey, I want you to teach the people how to live. I want you to teach the people of God what it looks like to be the people of God. And this is what he says to them. He says, dedicate, or that word means set apart, dedicate to me every firstborn among the Israelites, the first offspring to be born of both humans and animals belongs to me, belongs to me. We're going to dive um, a little bit deeper into this today, but I'm going to need a little help from the Holy Spirit. So I just want to stop and pray. Is that all right? <laughs> the title today is going to be the principle of first fruits. So would you pray with me? Um, Lord, we, we thank you for today. And uh, we just thank you for your word. <clears throat> that your word is more true than what we feel. Your word is more true than what we think. It is the standard. <laughs> we just declare today that your word is the standard in our life. And we say, Holy Spirit, would you speak to us? Holy Spirit, would you lead us? Would you guide us? We open up our heart. We have a soft heart today for you to mold us and shape us to look like your son, Jesus. Yeah, we just thank you for it in Jesus' name. If you agree, say amen. Amen. Um, you know, many, many of you have, have kids, and so you know what I'm about to talk about. And even if you don't have kids yet, you're going to know exactly what I'm about to talk about. Um, but... Let me, let me ask you this question. What happens when you have a couple of toddlers in a room and one of the toddlers decides to go over and play with the other toddler's toy? What happens when, 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 when that said toddler goes over and picks up the other, other kid's, kid's toy? What, what does the other kid do? The kid will run over to the other kid and they will say one word as they jerk the toy out of their hand. What do they, what do they yell? Mine, exactly. Mine, that, that's, that's mine. And, and this, this happens every time. The kid ain't even, ain't even playing with a toy, ain't even playing with that toy. It's been laying on the ground for five days. But because another kid went over and picked it up, what are they going to do? They're going to go over and act like they've been playing with it the whole time. Why? Because that toy belongs to them, right? That's, their, that's what's happening right now in our kids' ministry. Can we, can we stretch out our hands to our volunteers? <clears throat> That's, that, that's mine, that's mine. Many of you probably have something in your home or in your life where you would say, that's mine. In other words, it's, it's kind of off limits to everyone, everyone else in the home. Anybody, anybody know what I'm talking about? For guys, maybe it's your golf clubs or maybe, maybe it's your, your hunting. It's for sure Dan, it's his crossbow, it's his hunting equipment, right? Or, um, or, or something else, else in the home. For you ladies, it, it may not be an actual object in your house, but it's a place that you go. And when you go to that place, you need to know, the whole family should realize, I'm not here. When I'm in this room, when I'm doing this thing, don't talk to me, don't think about me, don't love on me, don't come around me. When I am in this place, Natalie has two of those places in our home, right? It's like, this is, this is my spot. It is off limits to everyone. This time belongs to me. Anybody have that in their home, right? No, no one. Okay, we got one person over here. We, we, we know, we kind of know what it's like to have something that is ours, that's mine, that is kind of off limits, um, for me, when I was, when I was growing up, uh, that was my dad's recliner. 
Anybody, anybody know? Anybody know what a dad recliner is? So you, you can, you, you, you got one, don't you? So you, you can walk in, you can walk into a home you've never been in before and you can spot the dad recliner, right? It's the thing that's the most comfortable. It doesn't match anything else in the living room. It's an ugly, some type of cloth color, right? But it is the most comfortable seat in the house, right? And this is exactly how I grew up. My dad had his recliner and that recliner was his. It belonged to him. And when he walked in the room, you better get up because he's sitting in that recliner, whether you stay in the recliner or not. Uh, he, I would have friends over and they would come and stay the night or do whatever. And we would be in the living room and they'd sit down in the recliner. They'd be watching TV. And they, and even all my friends knew when my dad walked in, two words, get up. And they would get up as fast as they could. So dad could sit in his recliner, right? It was off limits. It was his, it belonged. It belonged to him. And, uh, you know, just like my dad's recliner or the things that we have in our life that belong to us, that are ours, that are off limits to other people. What I want you to grab a hold of today is that God actually has something that's exactly the same thing. There's something that belongs to God that doesn't belong to anyone else. There's something that God, that belongs to God, that is off limits. It's his recliner. It is, it, is, it is his thing. And what scripture actually teaches us is that the first, write this down, the first and the best belong to God. The first and the best belong to God. You might be asking, what, what, what first and what best? What Everything. What, what, what does the first and the best apply to? It actually applies to everything. He deserves the first of everything. He deserves the, the, the best of everything. And, and, and can I just say this? Not only does he deserve it, not only does, is, is he worthy of it, it's, it's, it's not even just about deserving and, and being worthy of it. It actually belongs to him. It is not ours. <laughs> it, is, it, is, it is off limits to everyone and everything else. The first and the best belong to God. This is what um, scripture is actually teaching us in Exodus chapter 13. Um, I want us to, to kind of read this again together. But the Lord is talking to Moses again. He's telling his people how to live. He's just delivered his people from 400 years of slavery. And he comes to Moses and he says, I want, you to, I want you to tell your people this. And look what he says. He says, dedicate or set apart to me every first Every firstborn. Do I have any firstborns in here? Would you raise your hand? See, y'all got a special place in God's heart because y'all are first, right? There's a lot of firstborns in here today. <clears throat> but he said, dedicate to me every firstborn among the Israelites, the first offspring to be born of both humans and animals. And I want you to check out this next part. Look at it. Look what it says. It belongs to to me. It belongs to me. Uh, you, you have to realize what we're talking about here. Um, in, back, back in those days, uh, the, the animals were everything to people. Their livestock was their livelihood. 
They, they, didn't, they didn't walk around with, with debit cards and credit cards and cash, which nobody walks around with cash anymore either, but they didn't walk around with money. No, their, their livelihood, their, can I, can I use this word? Their wealth was actually, it was actually tied up in their livestock. This is, this is how they lived. This is how they paid for things. This is how they ate. This is how they took care of their kids. Um, this was everything to them. And what God came and told Moses, he said, uh, yeah, I want, I want the first. I want you to sacrifice the first of your wealth. I want you to give me the first, and I want you to give me the best. If, if you've studied the Old Testament here, and I'm not going to bore you very, very much longer. I'm going I'm to take you out of where we're at right now. You're going to look at me like, how long are we going to talk about sacrifice and stuff? Um, all right. <clears throat> we're, we're about to get out of that. But you know, you know, a sacrifice, it couldn't be a lame animal. It couldn't be a hurt animal. It had to be the best. In fact, Scripture even teaches that um, if it was an unclean animal, like a donkey, you could not even sacrifice that to the Lord because it wasn't good enough. You had to redeem it. And you redeemed it with a lamb. Am I preaching to anybody? Y'all are making the connection. The lamb of God was sacrificed for us donkeys. That's what I'm trying to say. <clears throat> but he was worthy of the first and the best. The first and the best, it actually belonged to him. Now, I know that we're, we're kind of talking about Old Testament stuff here, and you're like, oh, I, thought, I thought we didn't live under the law. We live under grace now. That's all true. We live under the new covenant. You don't have to go home and sacrifice your cat. Nothing like that. It ain't happening. You don't have to do it. You don't have to do, that, do those things. But what I want you to grab a hold of is a principle here. It's the principle that God set in place in this earth. How many of you know it's still good to live by the principles of God? Still a good, a good idea not to murder. Still a good idea. Old Testament, don't live under it anymore. Still a good idea. <laughs> this is a principle that he put in place that we are, we're called to live by. It's the principle of first fruits. Just to kind of give you a, a New Testament scripture. Matthew 6.33 says, But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things will be added unto you. Why does God want you to seek his kingdom first? Because your seeking, your desperation, your life, your heart, the first actually belongs to him. Your best doesn't belong to you. Can I say that today? Your best doesn't belong to you. Your best belongs to him. The first and the best, it belongs to God. Now, one of, I want to take a, take a moment this morning and kind of talk to you about tithing. And, um, and, and the reason I want to do that is, is, is because, because God really, um, when, when it comes to him teaching the principle of first fruits, he teaches it in, within the context of our wealth. He teaches it within the context of, of our money. And, um, and, and so kind of just to, to, to go back to Proverbs chapter, chapter 3, let me just read this and we'll kind of dive into it. Proverbs chapter 3, verses 9 through 10, it says, Honor the Lord with your wealth. Kind of doesn't get any more plain than that, right? 
He says, honor the Lord with your wealth and with the first fruits, the first fruits of all your produce. There's no greater way to understand the principle of first, first fruits until you apply it in your finances. In fact, I would say this, God is, God is asking you to apply this principle in, 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 in a, a one main area. It's going to be your wealth. It's going to be your finances. Well, why is that? Well, I believe it's for a couple of reasons, but the main reason is this, is because he teaches us that where our treasure is, there is our heart. You know what God is after? He's not after sacrifice. He's not after our animals. He wasn't after the, the, uh, the, the Israelites' animals. You know what he was after? He was after their heart. See, he wants a relationship with us. But, but you have to do relationship on God's terms and not yours. Now, he's full of mercy and he's full of grace and he understands the journey that we are all on. But he has us. How many know God has a standard? Anybody? Okay. He has a standard. He has a way that he wants to do relationship. Not because, well, it is because his way is way better than our way. But he knows this, if you'll actually do it his way, you'll benefit more than if you would do it your way. See, if we give him our treasure, guess what he knows? He knows our heart follows our treasure. Our heart will follow our money. If you're giving to a school or a, a, a outreach or a cause, I can promise you this, your heart is involved. Your heart's involved. <clears throat> if you pay for all your kids' stuff, I promise you, your heart, even though you do not like to go to all those games, your heart is involved. Why do I care so much about kindergarten football? I don't know, it's because I paid for it, that's why. <laughs> my heart, my treasure, my treasure went there, there goes my heart. Why are you yelling at five-year-olds, God? <laughs> See, where your treasure is, there your heart is. This is why God wants to talk to us and he wants us to apply the principle of first fruits and our wealth because he knows that he gets our heart. Honor the Lord with your wealth and with the first fruits of all your produce. Um, many of you have heard this, this, the, the term tithe, bringing your tithe into the storehouse. Uh, it was really, really funny I, I, I kind of knew the definition of tithe, but as I looked up, I just kind of Googled it to see if I was missing anything. And uh, I just had to laugh because I don't know if you've ever um, Googled a definition of a word, but you can kind of see, uh, they, they have a graph on there that shows you when it was first used um, in, the, in the time period and how much that word is used over, over centuries, really. And I love it because I saw it kind of originated like the 1840s, the word tithe did. And about 1860 to 1870, it was at its peak. And then after 1870, nosedive all the way down. And then and nowadays, it's just like at, at its lowest point. And you want to know why nobody uses the word tithe? It's because no one wants to hear the word tithe. Nobody, nobody really wants to, to kind of to talk about it. Because it kind of gets into your business, right? Let's just be honest. It don't ever really want to come to church. As pastors, I just let, let you know, this is one of the worst subjects to talk about. It's just like, oh, I, need, I can't wait for this message to be over. I actually don't feel that way today because I know what it'll do for your life. You see, the tithe, what the tithe means is it actually means 
tithe, the word, that, that word actually means 10%. But what you need to understand is that it's not just any 10%. It's the first 10%. Why? Because the first belongs to God. Your tithe is actually the first 10%. And it says to bring the tithe into the storehouse. It says to bring the tithe into the place where you get spiritually fed, if I could put it that way. And, you, and, and, and God is actually, he's, he's calling his people to tithe. Why? Because the truth is the tithe doesn't belong to us. The tithe doesn't belong to me. The tithe doesn't belong to you. Because the first 10%, the first and the best, scripture teaches us the principle of first fruits, that the first and the best, it belongs to him. The tithe actually belongs to him. He's not just worthy of it. It's not just a, to following scripture and, and obeying. No, no, I need you to understand today that the first 10%, it actually doesn't belong to us. This is why scripture, it's very, very interesting. You know what it says? You know how, how it talks about the tithe? It never, you know what it never says? It never says, give your tithe. Why don't you grab, this is, this is powerful. It never actually says, give your tithe. You know what it says? It says, bring your tithe. You want to know why it says to bring your tithe? Because you can't give something that doesn't belong to you. But it's just like God because he loves us and because he wants relationship with us and because he knows the, the, oh, the, the pull that money has on us. What he does, he's like, I'm actually going to let them, I'm going to put it in their hands first and see what they will do with it. How many of you know God's not showing up to your house uh, about five minutes after you get your direct deposit into your bank account and be like, hey, where's mine, bro? I just came to collect my tithe. No, it's a choice, isn't it? It's an opportunity. It's an opportunity. Hear me today. Some of you need this part right here. It's an opportunity to engage your life into the kingdom that you can't engage in any other way like that. It's that first, it's the first 10%. <laughs> I kind of was laughing at myself as I was writing. It's, it, it, it's the first 10%. It's, it's the 10% that goes to him before the mortgage company gets it, before the bank gets it before Chick-fil-A gets it, right? Before Dillard's gets it. It actually, it, it comes out first. And, and why, why does God want us to do it first? Not only because it belongs to him, but, but in order for faith to be involved in your giving, it has to come out first. It takes no faith to pay all your bills and be like, oh, I got 10% left. Here you go, God. You know what it does take faith? How many know the righteous shall live by faith? How many know God is interested in our faith and actually believing? He's saying, I want you to give me the first and I want you to expect me for the rest. I want you to believe me for the rest. I'll even say it this way. He doesn't just want you to believe, believe, you, believe him for it. He actually would even like if you would get your finances so in order that you live within the means and you're able to tithe. I think that that, that teaching's kind of missed in church. You know, I grew up and kind of went into a word of faith and it's like, you tithe, God will provide. You tithe, God will provide. Yes, true. Yes, true. But he also gave us a lot of wisdom. And sometimes he doesn't want us to be stupid. And sometimes, sometimes we have to make a sacrifice so that we can bring what he asks us to bring. 
Am I, is, is, am I, are you following me today? But I know this, that when we bring our tithe into the storehouse, I've seen it in my life. He will open up windows of heaven and he will pour out a blessing so much so that you cannot contain it all. Little side note, he will bless you because you tithe. But the main point of the message today, it's not about the blessing. It's about the fact that you realize it actually belongs to him. The first and the best, it belongs to him. I remember, I remember the first time that I actually tithed. And um, I, was, I was 16 years old and I was a lifeguard at the time. And I'll never forget, I got my first check and, uh, and uh, some of y'all looking at me like, of course you were a lifeguard, skinny jeans. Um, it's like, it's like uh, I remember I went and I took my, I took my, my check and I deposited it into the, into the bank and, and I got 10% out in cash. And it was like a Wednesday or a Thursday in the middle of the week. Never forget, I'm in my truck and I drive to my church. And I'm, I mean, I'm, I don't know what I'm doing, right? I just had, I, somehow I had learned about tithing. And never forget, I pulled in the church and I walk in and don't see anybody, and I'm like, am I even supposed to be in here? And I walk into the sanctuary, and we had like an old like um, wooden box in the sanctuary, and it was real pretty, like uh, carved out and whatever, and I took that cash. I, I didn't even have an envelope. I literally did not know what I was doing. just took it, and I'm like, nobody around. Okay. I'd feel better if somebody actually saw what I was doing, you know, like I could brag about it. No, um, but I, I took out that cash, and I remember stuffing it down, all $16. It <laughs> wasn't very much money. And I brought that 10% and I put it in that, that offering. And um, I'm not trying to over-dramatize uh, what actually happened, but it just something hit me. The Spirit of God, like, it was a moment where I, I don't, I didn't even know a tenth of what, of what I know now about tithing and giving and being generous. But there was something on the inside of me who had just gotten saved at 14 years old, who had just gotten filled with the spirit at a summer camp when I was 16, that just knew, God, you deserve the first and you deserve the best. The only reason I have what I have in my life is, is simply for one reason. It's because of your goodness on my life. And you deserve this. This is not mine. This is yours. In fact, I would say I was probably even a little bit religious about it. But I understood something. This doesn't belong to me. This actually is yours, God. And I can tell you the Lord has blessed my life ever since. Me and Natalie first get married. It's, uh, we're six months into to being married. I have to go and get an emergency appendectomy. Um, didn't realize that when you get married, you, you get kicked off your parents' insurance. I had zero insurance. And then in, in six, seven months into our marriage, we have a $22,000 bill from the hospital. I'm still playing football. She's got a job. We're just poor college students in love. <clears throat> That's all we had was a little bit of love. <laughs> and $22,000 in debt to a hospital. I was able to talk to some people at our church. Long story short, 100% of our bills got taken care of. I called the clinic who did all the tests before and afterwards. 
They said, well, what did the hospital do? I said, they covered 100%. They said, we'll cover 100%. Why did that happen? I believe it happened because I was a tither. That's what I, I truly believe. Because I was someone who was giving God my first. And I was giving him my best. And he said, you know what, Keith, Natalie, y'all were really dumb, but you didn't know any better. I got you. I got you. Didn't know if I was going to share this part of the story, but if you, <clears throat> if you continue to read in Exodus chapter 13, as God is sharing with Moses about sacrificing and dedicating the firstborn, you read through the end of the chapter and he says, he tells Moses, he said, your, your sons will come to you one day in the future and they will ask you, why do you do what you do? Why are you sacrificing the firstborn? I want you to kind of put yourself in the story. I want you to imagine what it must have been like to be with your dad and you're four or five years old. You get to go out. You get to go out with dad on the, on the, the first time he sacrifices that lamb. And excuse the imagery, it's a little, a little graphic, but imagine here's this cute little baby lamb just gets born. And you know what dad does? He picks it up and <laughs> slices his neck open, kills the lamb. Do you imagine what it must have been like as a, as a son or a daughter that saw that time and time again as, as you grew up, you just kind of kept seeing dad do this, this thing that seemed so wrong and so weird. And then you kind of get old enough to, to understand and to realize like, man, we would have a lot more wealth if dad wouldn't stop chopping them little babies apart. You know, like why, why is he doing that? You start to put two and two together, right? You, you, you kind of get bigger and finally one day you go to dad and you say, dad, why, why, do you, why do you do this? Why do we keep, you know, sacrificing the firstborn? I've been looking at our books as a family. I mean, we, we'd be really, really rich right now if it weren't for that. And the Lord tells Moses, he says, when, that, when that, that moment comes, I want you to take your kid and I want you to tell him, see, son, we haven't always lived like this. See, before you were born, we were slaves. For 400 years, we were under the oppression of the Egyptians. But God, but God, but God came and he delivered his people. He delivered our family. And the reason that we get to live and you get to grow up in this promised land is not because of the work that I did, but it's because of the goodness of God in our life. And if he asked me for anything, I would for sure give it to him. And what he asked for, uh, from us so that we remember where we came from and we remember what he, what he did for us is he says he wants us to give us our first and our best. This is why we have what we have, son. This is why we have what we have, daughter. The first and the best belong to him. Thanks again for listening today. If you'd like to join us in person for church, Renew Life meets every Sunday morning at the YWCA at 6501 University Avenue in Lubbock, Texas. For more information on our ministry, check out renewlifechurch.com or find us on social media. We hope to see you soon.